This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 49 of the Wisdom by Oisa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks Coletti. And this is Sophia Guetta. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WISA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. Sophia, you're back again to catch us up to speed and tell us what's coming up next. Yes, yeah, so we are preparing another trip to the DMC and this time around we will have our own booth or table to sort of answer any questions and also help with contracts. It's going to be right around the contract deadline. And we are also in the second week of requesting exhibit space for Wes's debut at the DMC in January 2021. So there's still about four weeks left. So just enough time for people to think about who they're bringing along in their team and where to stay. And of course, how to get there and to get all the booth display set up as well. You covered some activities that buyers can enjoy, but what about the exhibitors? Yes, so exhibitors can, of course, enjoy many of the same events that we have for buyers, but exhibitors in particular can also sign up for the fashion events. For example, the Runway Cafe show, which we have each day from Wednesday through Saturday, so the pre-trade show today until the second to last day, and it will take place during noon, and it's a really nice time just for people to feature their newest trends and newest products for buyers while they're having lunch. And you can also sign up for that right on the contract whenever you do fill it out online on westsidetradeshow.com. It's been an interesting road from a furniture retailer to a print shop owner to running a highly successful Western fashion business from a small town in Oklahoma. And Abby Ellis joins us today to discuss that journey. Hey, Abby, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the Wisdom by Oisa show. Guys, I'm so excited. Well, I'm glad you are. I've uh, had a chance to chat with you before. One of the things that intrigued me, and I do want to get into talking about your business and your, your product line, but you had kind of a securitist route to becoming a Western fashion executive. You started off, as I recall, in the furniture business. I did. Rustic Mexican import furniture with my mom. Yes. And how did that lead to where we are now? (laughs) Well, next door to us, we actually ended up putting a boutique in. We were the only place to shop in our little town in Prague is where we were located. We put a boutique in and we had a really big floor space. So we had the room to kind of do whatever we wanted. Started thinking about, oh, we have these kimonos and these pants wouldn't it be great if we had a really awesome graphic tee to pair with those and we there was a print shop right next door so i would go over there and talk to those ladies and kind of be in on the design process and they sort of showed me how it worked and and we did that we made some shirts of our own and i sort of learned the ropes from them as far as graphic design goes or even that i even really liked it it was just funny i was exposed to it at that time a couple of years later, that print shop came up for sale right around the same time that my building lease, well, they sold the building. And so we weren't able to lease it anymore. And we ended up buying that print shop. And that's what, how we got started in graphic design 
custom printing, and then it evolved eventually into our own line of Western graphic teeth. What an interesting way to get into a business, start out in the furniture business and then have a successful line of Western fashion. Now, as I recall, you are primarily, if not wholly, a a wholesaler. You do not market anything on your own. Tell us what you look for and how you how you work with the retailers that are carrying your lines? Oh, what a great question. Okay, so um, when I get a request for a retail line, and um, so there's a couple of different ways that we handle that. At markets, it's a lot harder to vet people because anyone can come up with a tax number and place an order as long as they meet those minimum requirements. Um, So we do raise the minimum requirements when we're at markets because that's really the only way that I can make sure that you're serious, you know, a legitimate business. If you were to contact me right now to open an account, I would go immediately to your social media profile. I would look at your business. I would want to see that you're you know, presenting your products really well and very professionally. I want to see that you have a, a good following that's engaged. You know, There's so many indicators that you can tell a healthy business, somebody that's really tending to what they're doing. And I do that to protect myself and my, my own brand value, and I do it to protect my customers, obviously. Um, one thing that I really love to see is leather goods. When I see someone's carrying boots, you know, decent quality leather goods, I, I can kind of see that they've got something going, something established, you know. That's uh, that's pretty sophisticated way to go about it and a very thorough way to go about it. And so you've, let's go back for a second. You've actually been offering the retailer market t-shirts for and clothing for how long? We have been doing this for about five years, but really this started being where it could be a primary income for about the past year and a half. So, uh, you know, and the, the graphic tea business is very difficult because there's so many people that are doing it. There's so many um, t-shirts that look exactly the same. It's very difficult to set yourself apart and have something that's, you know, unique and um, something that somebody says there's something different about that, you know. So that's one reason why we sort of try to jump through hoops to make sure our products end up in the right stores, um, just because we want to be in this for the long haul. But um, it is a uh, the graphic tee business is a hard one to stay in for any length of time, in my opinion. Oh my gosh, I can't even begin to imagine. It would it would absolutely have to be so difficult. But that brings us to a really great topic to talk about. What distincts, distinguishes your products, your shirts, your graphics, and, and where do you get the influence for your designs from? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Our products are all screen printed, which makes us different from a lot of printers. There are a lot of screen printed shirts out there, but they're mostly one color, two color designs, very simple screen printing. And if you get, like, if you look at a graphic tee and it's got a whole lot of colors, say it looks like a painting or a photograph, uh-huh. 99% chance that, that that graphic has been direct garment printed, sublimated, other digital types of printing. Screen printing is an ancient process. Uh-huh. And it's very much superior to your digital garment printing processes because the durability is forever. The shirt will wear out before the print wears out. Sure. Um, so we, that does set us apart because we can print anything with screen print. We, the, I have a couple of gals that work for me that are just so skilled. And they've been with me since the very beginning. We've just uh-huh. learned from the very basic, you know, things and screen printing. And then I could print a photograph of your face on a T-shirt uh-huh. and it would just be 
perfect. We can do very high detail. We can do, I like to do textures and make it look like it's tooled leather or like a turquoise stone. I've done like say a photo of a turquoise countertop or an old bandana. I like to use those types of things and have it be very realistic, realistic texture look to the ink. And so that's one thing, especially at shows that differentiates us. People are walking by and the the textures that look like they're printed right on the fabric sort of mm-hmm. draw people in. They're like, oh, this is this is different. I've never seen anything yeah. like this before, you know. I think that's so important for consumers. And I'm putting myself in a consumer point of view. If you if you or somebody wouldn't tell me whether it was screen printed or not or transferred, I would have no idea. But the fact of the matter is when you buy the product and you wash it a couple of times and it starts peeling yeah. off. Then you figure it out really quickly. But just by the human eye, you, me, I may not know. And so very important for your products and for your consumers and your retailers to know. And I think it may be a good, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Buyer beware. A few bullet points that you just listed, what to look for when you're looking for a screen printed product as opposed to other methods. Well, and you know, there are, um, I have some contemporary uh, brands that are friends of mine. A few of those gals are doing direct-to-garment printing, and they really know what they're doing. But there's a lot of pre-treating that goes into that. And, you know, anyone can buy one of those machines. So I would say it definitely needs to be a reputable company that, because you can't tell, like you said, when you look at a a graphic tee, you cannot tell if the corners have been cut until you wash it a few times, you know? Yeah. You could probably tell, but most of us probably can't tell. Oh, yeah. as far as on your website, it, it's you're describing your shirts, your products as punchy, edgy graphic. And so let's talk about, we get the graphic. Let's talk about punchy and edgy. Okay. So punchy is like one of my favorite words and it's a great conversation starter because there's people even in the Western world that don't know what punchy means. <laughs> the, if I was to call you punchy, would you know what right. I meant? Yes. Okay. About- well, there's a lot of people I wouldn't. that don't. <laughs> There's okay. a lot that don't. You're you're correct. <laughs> right. So so punchy for our audience that might not know is like so cowboy, it's ridiculous. It's yes. so western, it's over it's almost over the top. Not in a hokey way, but what I think about punchy is if I was to go to the grocery store and I was to see a guy pull up in a stock trailer <laughs> with a couple horses saddled, ropes tied all over it, dirty dog dirt. on the flatbed. Exactly. Um, yeah. Dogs barking. Yes. The whole thing that is, that dude is punchy Yeah. and I love it because I, I grew up on a ranch and I feel so strongly that Western culture provides a, it provides something special to this country that a lot of other cultures don't not to say, not to say, I mean, because it's still connected to the land. Do you know what I'm saying? I think there's such a value in it. And so I want to, um, I want to like put a spotlight on it and say, Mm -hmm. these people work hard. They're practical. They're, they're worth celebrating. Right. So that's why I kind of like the word punchy because it makes me think of those guys that work like that cowboys. And I like to you, I like to be edgy. I want to be unpredictable. I want, I want people to associate Western culture with not hokey, ridiculous Mm -hmm. nonsense, but, but beauty and, art and all of the things that to me it, it really represents so I don't know I just try to I really try to to put a heavy focus on an appreciation for art and appreciation for western culture in my designs. 
I got a question going here that get, get, intrigues me because you mentioned this t-shirt business is competitive. We talked about what you want in a design, but how do you go about creating your designs? How many new designs a year can you bring to the table? What drives that creative process? We know what drives the technical printing process. What drives mm-hmm. that creative process and how do you and how often do you bring out new designs? Well, isn't that a great question? You know, it's well, thank you. That you asked that because <laughs> right now, you know, with all of this craziness that's going on in the world, I've got to admit creativity is not flowing freely. And it's not just me. There's a lot of people that are just like, what in the world? One thing that I find that really helps me to be, to put myself in a creative mindset and to be able to just, you know, it's, it requires a sort of a certain amount of freedom to sit down and create something and say, I'm going to put this on a shirt and see if anybody wants to buy it, you know? Um, so I love to listen to music. I'm a huge, huge, huge music fan. That always works for me. And one thing that I really love is fonts, design, lines. I love to look at uh, especially Art Deco and things that are, uh, that are sort of antique modern, <laughs> kind of. If you know, I don't mean I know that's stupid, but stuff that's very, very stylized always is very inspiring to me. So normally if I'm having some kind of a block and I don't know what I'm going to do, I know I need to come up with some new stuff. I kind of do a combination of listening to a bunch of music, looking through a bunch of really great art, even architecture, things like that are, are very inspiring to me. Any kind of texture can just set me off on, oh my gosh, we've got to, we've got to see if we can replicate this texture with ink on a shirt. I like to do that. Well, I think that's, that's important from a couple of perspectives. We mentioned what you're looking for in a retailer, but in a mirror image of that, retailers are looking to their vendors to consistently provide them with a product line that's going to move off the shelves and to the cash register. So I think right. it's important, and that's why I'd like to you know delve into that, is the retailer may be absolutely perfect in your mind. He wants you to be absolutely perfect in his mind that when he you're going to consistently give him ideas and graphics that he thinks are going to sell, because uh, what he's really selling is creativity. Yeah, he's selling right, a garment. Exactly he's right. he's mm-hmm. selling creativity and he wants a vendor who is creative 24/7 365 days a year yes, so that does. he can make money. Yes, he does. And isn't it funny because creativity is just such an interesting force. And when you decide you want to start making money with your creativity, um, it puts it in a whole di- it puts it in a whole different uh, category. To have to be creative, you know, you better have some, you better have some tips and tricks for yourself to be able to, you know, sit down and just create. And that's very interesting because you're exactly right. That's what your customers do expect. And so I think that's only fair, right? Oh, I think it probably probably is true. Changing subjects just a little bit more. Abby, you know, we are the Wisdom by Elisa show. And so not surprisingly, we like to ask our guests how and where and that Wisa fits into their current and their future plans. You know, my very first show with Wisa was in September of last year. And then I went to the January show. And it was amazing. I met a lot of people. One thing that really 
impresses me about the WESA organization is the customer service. Not every vendor event is the vendor treated like a customer. So I was just, I've been very impressed with them since I, since I joined, honestly, just the amount of, you know, outreach. Hey, is there anything that you can do? Is there anything that you need? I think that says a lot about WESA. And I think that they share the same, well, that we uh, all share the same passion for the Western industry. Um, And that exists nowhere else, in my opinion, in the wholesale world. So I think it's, um, to me, I will be a part of WESA. Um, Any markets that they want to do, I want to do because those are my people. And to me, that's the greatest, that's the greatest thing that WESA provides is a platform for people who care about this industry, really, really care about it, you know. Well, we appreciate that. And that kind of leads to one other question, and then we'll let you go. But, you know, this COVID-19 thing has hurt every business, every uh, every end of every business. And the Western fashion world and retailing world is no different. But you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're a fast-growing but still small fashion house in the middle of Oklahoma, uh, mm-hmm. selling everywhere you possibly can. How has this situation affected you and how have you gotten through it? Well, that is a really, really good question. Um, Of course, when they started canceling the wholesale market, we were set to go to Western Market in Dallas. Um, We always have great shows there. And they canceled that in conjunction with all the rodeos, which I have a, a lot of customers that really rely on those rodeos. So it was very much a domino effect. And I think anybody listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. So when that, when that happened, we knew that we were going to have to think fast uh, and be, I mean, there was a time whenever I was very, very discouraged and thought, I mean, especially when you see the money leaving your bank account, everything that you've really worked for to kind of get up, build up to this point, And then things just shut down and you start having to dip into that to cover your overhead. It's very discouraging, especially whenever the economy was so good beforehand. So that we were very tempted to be very discouraged at that time is my point. But instead of that, all of us gals that work down there at the shop, we, we love our business and we love what we do. And we sort of encourage each other through it and said, all right, let's adapt. Let's figure out what we need to do. Because if we're hurting, our customers are hurting. So when we have that revelation, we start looking into ways that we can serve them. And the idea of drop shipping was always something that we had wanted to look into. But honestly, before this, we were too busy to even think about it or worry about it. So when all of this happened, we had this huge slowdown in March and April. We started drop shipping for our customers. And it allowed us, we do it through SyncLogic. We have a Shopify site. So anyone else who has a Shopify site can sync with my inventory and present it to their customers. Um, And then it goes directly from my warehouse and sort of takes a lot of the risk away from them. And so we did that as a way to keep our wheels turning at the shop, but also as a way to kind of be a blessing to our customers and allow them to put that fresh inventory in front of their customers, maybe when their money's tight. So that helped tremendously. Um, And then we had um, several other friends that put together some virtual markets um, Courtney at Layers Clothing, she, I know she's a member of WISA. That's how I know her. She put together a really good virtual market. 
and sort of to try to take the place of that March market. And it was just to see everyone trying to be innovative, trying to move, trying to adapt and evolve, sort of brought our motivation back, you know, to say, hey, we can do this. All you have to do is readjust and realign and point yourself in a slightly different direction. And here we go. So that's sort of been what has gotten us through this. And uh, business is really pretty good right now, but it's not been without those adjustments. I don't think that we would still uh, be doing this, honestly. Well, and I don't think any business, if it doesn't react to part of what they do is being proactive. What do I want right. to do? How do I deal with my customer? What do I want mm-hmm. for a product? Well, all those kind of things. But at this particular time, businesses in many cases, and you just cited the example, have to be prepared to react and react fast. And I think mm-hmm. that's just part of the spirit of the Western world. It's the spirit oh, of the Western fashion uh, and the Western product industry. And clearly, the way you just described it shows that uh, you clearly understand and respond to that. And I think our uh, our listeners are going to appreciate your take on terms of what you saw and what you did. And with that, I do want to thank you for taking the time to be with us on Wisdom by Awisa. I think our listeners will clearly enjoy it. Casey, anything to add? I'm just excited to go shopping once again and look forward to looking up your retailers. I say this on every show, but just very unique. I was scrolling through your Instagram, just trying to get a better feel for your company. And you have a great feel. I love it. And you gave a great interview. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed this, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. Clearly, you have a team behind you that's helping. So we wish them the best as well. And thanks so much for being on Wisdom by Owisa. Hey, thank you, guys. Maybe I'll see you guys in August. Maybe. All right. Sounds good. Have a great afternoon. Show notes and links from today's show can be found at wisdombyawisa.com. And of course, we'd love to have any feedback you might have. There's a contact link on that website. The Wisdom by Wisa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. You just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's super easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom by Wisa podcast. Wisa, where the industry meets.